Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. The 23rd of January, 2013. I wrote 2012, first time this year. <laughs> Episode 94 of the Skeptic Wire. I am your host, Gary Lawn, slightly recovering from a cold, so I'm speaking in my low, sexy voice, because I can't hit the high notes. And with me this week is Greg Perrine. Just to show that I can't, I'm going to talk in a high voice this entire podcast, there because we go. you can't. What do you want to do this week, uh, brain? <laughs> Same thing we do every week. It's actually the the other yeah. the other way around. <laughs> Try <Yeah>. it. <laughs> no, I guess you don't want to, you want you don't, you don't want to call me the brain. Okay, Donna no, is no never. <laughs> Donna is off. <laughs> Why now? Really, dog? Why now? <laughs> because she can. What? Yes, and and Harpo. I keep on wanting to call him. Dar, her Dar, Darwin, but of course <laughs> that'd be weird. That's right. So, so uh, Harpo, how was the interview with that bicyclist this week? <laughs> All right, so much for momentum. Where were you, Gary? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I am Greg, and I am not sick this week. Yes, <clears throat> but Donna, Donna is out sick, and so get well soon, Donna. Apparently, according to her posts to the Facebook page. Um, she sa- she says she is one of that 40% who, despite getting the flu shot, actually did get the flu. And seeing how she says she's on doctor's orders, that looks like it's actually full-on diagnosed. So not just someone who has a bad cold who thinks they have a flu. So get better, uh, get better well soon. <laughs> get better well soon, Donna. It's like Cockney. What are you, Chav? So you're saying all Donna needs to get better is a no. A lot of <laughs> cock on knee. But get better, Will. <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? Get well soon. Get well soon, Donna. And get better soon, Donna. Yes, if you'd like to post to our Facebook page, get better, well soon, Donna. Or well, get better it. soon. Get better soon, well. Well. Um, well, it's people about, you know expressing sympathy for the fla- uh, f- fracking storage wells that are causing earthquakes in Texas. <laughs> I don't know what you're going with. This. For, first of all, I thought it's Get a better, fracking. comma, well. Ah. There are wells that they use to store the water that they use for fracking. Right. And it's those injection wells, that, not the actual fracking process itself, but the storage wells that are causing some local earthquakes that seems to be the scientific consensus, despite what Texas Railroad Commissioners say, which for some reason, Texas Railroad Commission is the one that is in charge of uh, natural gas and oil drilling. It makes perfect sense oh, to of me. Of course. It's all about the right of way. Uh, so there you go. Texas history, folks. <laughs> Texas. Not, Texas now. No, it's Texas history. It's still part of it, just because it's now doesn't mean it's not history. So a second ago is technically history in your okay. Yeah, and this is going to be at least two days old, maybe a day old. By so maybe in the next two days, someone will change 
what commission is in charge of natural gas and oil. It doesn't matter. And then it will be past tense. It's still past tense. (laughs) Oddly enough, you're the one who's six, but I'm the one who's confused as hell and can't talk right now. (laughs) Yes, because I thought instead of uh, fracting, you were going to say flatulence. You almost did. Doesn't matter. Um... So, <laughs> I think we I think we need to start over. Yeah, fuck it. We'll just we'll just blunder on as we normally do. Yeah, just do some actual editing this week and. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tell you what, you're editing this one. <laughs> well, I do notice every once in a while listening through them that a portion where I would stumble, stop, and start over again, you leave in. Yes. Despite the fact that I assume you're going to cut that out because I leave you a nice space to cut it. It, it depends on whether it makes me laugh or not. <laughs> so all of us fucking up makes you laugh despite the fact that it makes us look unprofessional. It makes you look human. I don't want to look human. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you're doing a good job. So <laughs> I want to look like a monkey. And besides, we're not talking about looking human, sound human. Yeah, I messed it up. It's fine. Okay. That thing. Regardless, I leave my my ones in as well. Oh, to piss off Donna? Irregardless. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's just giving her uh, a conniption. So, do we have any birthdays this week? Yes, we do. Uh, in spack. In spack. In spack. <laughs> in spackle. God. Wow. W- w- would you like a <laughs> Ricola? It's not going to help my my adult brain. It may may uh, help you think about what you're about to say because you have to talk around this this lozenge on your tongue. No, not no, this no. lozenge, <laughs> a lozenge. Not that's going there. So in fact, Gary, we have a birthday today, not just this week. That's amazing. Is it Roe versus Wade? Ironically, no. That was a day or two ago. That was yesterday. But I was just saying, it was ironically a birthday. Happy birthday, <laughs> safe and legal abortions. But today, we're going <laughs> What? The irony of that statement. <laughs> Happy birthday, safe and legal abortions. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I was hoping you weren't going to go there. <laughs> I'm just pointing it out. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway. Do you know who Wolfgang von... Kemplin was. Wolfgang von Kemplin. Full name Johann Wolfgang Ritter von Kemplin de Pazmand. <laughs> um, but, but known mainly... As, I'm assuming that this was probably in about the 1800s? Uh, born joint, January 23rd... <laughs> Fuck, what the... And you'll wonder why I don't cut stuff out. <laughs> It's not that funny when it's every three seconds. So he was born on January 23rd. (laughs) Born the 23rd of January, 1734. He was a Hungarian author and inventor. Yes. Of what? (laughs) Okay, I was, that's one of the, that's why I'm kind of... Suffixes for numbers? (laughs) He worked a lot with kind of, um... Steam engines, water pumps, and those kind oh, of things early... that went. <laughs> yes, 
like the 23rd exactly. of January. Um, and a lot of kind of early Industrial Revolution kind of mechanical devices. Steam-powered, apparently. A lot of them, yes. Okay. One thing that he spent a good 20 years on his life trying to, to um, perfect was a manual... Hold on. An auto-manipulator, also called a masturbator? <laughs> no, but... I guess you probably could have masturbated Ma- with it Manual somewhere. digitization? Um, a manually operated speech synthesizer. So huh. he started out with basically just using a bellows. Oh, that was like a the reed from a, Yeah, thing. kind of a bagpipe and a clarinet horn. Mm-hmm. And he was able to kind of manipulate the sounds there to get a lot of vowels mm-hmm. and didn't get any consonants. And then he tried a different version where he had multiple reeds to give different pitches and different tubes and apertures to create like the p sound mm-hmm. sorry to peek all your uh, speakers out there but or the bus sounder and 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 kind of he didn't get all the consonants on that second version but then in his third version he got he went back from having so many different tubes and reeds and whatever he simplified back again and was able to get a lot of consonants sometimes he would just say well a b and a p are pretty similar and people are going to be more forgiving of this machine if it at least sounds similar. Mm-hmm. So you would be multi, uh, you'd be manually operating these strings and bellows and whatever. And he could make this machine, or the operator that worked with him could make it speak English, French, um, I think it was Italian. Mm-hmm. But it had a problem with German because German used a lot of consonants. Yeah, a lot of back-of-the-throat stuff. Right. So... That is something he's fairly famous for, but that was after he did a fairly famous invention that, um, to this day, is really what he's best known for. And I'm just wondering if you kind of know what it's like, what it is. It's a mechanical device. It doesn't have anything to do with speech. No. Okay, it's a mechanical device. Um, can you give me a little bit? Of- okay. Insight um, into what this device may do. Originally, um, he went to one of the royal courts to to uh, see a presentation that someone was giving for the local empress. I think it was, I don't know, let's just say the Hungarian, Hungarian empress or something like that. And uh, this illusionist was giving this presentation, and he said, you know what, I can come back in a few months and give an even more spectacular demonstration. Okay, I'm seeing a by the... A chess thing? Oh, you're getting there. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little mechanical chess dude. Well, it wasn't little. It was it was big. It was big, and it probably had a little guy inside of it. Instead. It was called the Turk. Oh, yeah, sure. And it was supposed to be this essentially gear-operated machine that could play chess. Right. So it had this big kind of, I'd say, coffin-sized box. And in front of the this box um, was... Um, a mannequin, essentially, figure that was dressed up to look like someone from the Middle East with a mm-hmm. turban, dark skin, and had like an opium pipe or something with it, just to make it completely racist. Perfectly authentic back then, I'm yes, sure. Yes, exactly. But um, it could move its left arm, open and close, and move pieces around. But also, it could do things like if the person playing the Turk did an illegal move... The Turk would correct it for you, and it would, would take put the piece back to where it should have been, hmm. and yeah. let you try again. 
Yeah, I, 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 I remember hearing something about. I think it was actually a fake, though, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, there was a little dude. There and was a guy underneath who was. Yeah, he it. he invented this, or it was in 1770 that he invented this. It took a good 50 years for the f- secret to fully come out. Hmm. Considering he had to, over the years, employ several different chess people right. to help him out with this. And also, when he died in 1804, his... Sorry, spoiler warning that he died. No. I know. I'm sad. <laughs> you can um, hear it in my voice. When he died, his son sold the device. And the person who bought the device took it on tour in you know France, England, the United States, and all around, because people still really like this, and they hadn't really heard that it would have been a hoax, because mm-hmm. it was around the 1820s, yeah, give I or mean, take. Yeah, it's not like, that they it's not, you didn't it. have an internet. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the interesting thing is, he had constructed the device so that the big kind of desk-sized box that the Turk was sitting behind, you could open the, the doors on the front and the back of it to show that you could look all the way through it. Uh, right. And then you would open one door and see, you can look all the way through, close that door, open another door, look all the way through, see gears and, and all that kind of stuff. And a, like a mini chessboard in there as well, hmm. for some reason. Uh, and then there was a drawer on the very bottom that you could slide open and, and close and whatever. But it was apparently really ingenious that opening some of these doors would cause fake machinery to slide into view Mm. and the operator who was a person a full-sized person not like a child or something something, not a midget but a full-sized person would be sitting on this chair with essentially that they could slide back and forward Mm. and as they would open one door they would be hiding in one section then they would slide the chair to another section yeah so it's just basically a a magic trick it's a magic trick if you've ever seen the version of the Take cutting off. a person in half huh. by Penn and Teller, where they use a clear version of the apparatus. It's, it's the called apparatus. Take off, uh, okay. Blast Off or Take Off. Yeah, something like that, yeah. where you can see Teller going around the different things. And one of the things he does is he gets on a little skateboard underneath the stage to go to different places to put his, stick his arm out so he can show he's I don't he's think he's the on box. a skateboard, actually. I think he's doing it by pure force of arms and movement. I thought... It's very... It's very uh, 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 slick. Okay, I thought I there was... I, I haven't seen the trick in years, so dear listener, go Google that and watch Penn and Tell. Yeah, it's all over the place. They're proud of it. Yeah. As so, well they should be. Yeah, you can see that the person was sliding around, and that's what I was going for. And apparently, the bottom of the chess set, the actual chess set the Turk was manipulating, had magnets on it that would mm. basically indicate what position from like 1 to 64, a piece was moved from and to, so you could figure out, oh, that was that to there, that was a knight, so... Hmm. And they would repeat the moves on the little chessboard Hmm. and then use that little chessboard to also move the Turks' pieces. Yeah. Using levers and stuff like that. And apparently this whole thing was just lit by a candle. And the candle... The candle's exhaust went up through the top of the head of the Turk itself. Oh, which is the whole point of him smoking a hookah. Yes. Or <laughs> or they would have a candelabra nearby, uh, stuff like that. So That's hilarious. It's this really interesting thing of this full-on hoax that is a f- actual, honest-to-goodness hoax that he developed just to impress the Empress to basically get patronage no. so he could continue inventing things like... The uh, but, voice I mean, synthesizer that he was trying to do. That's a really cool invention. I mean, even if it's a fraud, the fact that he got it so it was 
It was still an intricate piece of machinery. Yes. It took a lot yeah. of forethought as opposed to just learning a few spoon-bending magic tricks <laughs> and going on national TV and saying, I'm a psychic because I can, look, it's bent. Bend the spoon and I can make Russia sign a treaty or something. Oh, I don't remember that point, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, grandiose claims of grandiose various yes. unnamed psychics that we won't go into right now. Right. But we I did post it on our Facebook page of who of whom we speak. But we don't want to get sued, so we're not gonna say a name. No, but we'll say Tim Minchin's on there as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> uh, a, an interesting um early mechanical fraud but an a early really mechanical one. wonder. Yes. But it's one of those Very things nice. where now nowadays we have Deep Blue the the chess playing computer who, if you're a Moxie Fruvis fan, you know cannot run out of burning buildings. That's right, or run away from flame, or escape basically any natural disaster, with the exception of an earthquake. If he's built in the door jam, yes, that will be very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> now about ninety nine percent of our listeners are going, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> Moxie Fruvis, Mo- Moxie Fruvis, look him up. Yes. Um. But yeah, and then there was some skepticism that, come on, this is just this mechanical machine that it can't be doing all this, the Turk. But this was an era of amazing mechanical wonders that actually were wondrous and real. Yeah. And Steam engines. And, and, I mean, shit, but the freaking loom for granted. Yeah. Now. And the fact that he built this voice synthesizer over the next 20 years showed that he was actually trying to study phonetics and figure out how to reproduce vocal sounds, which eventually, according to some biographers, uh, Alexander Graham Bell was influenced by in learning how to reproduce speech when he eventually made the telephone. Right. So it's the shoulders of giants kind of thing, which is pretty interesting. Plus, it's a fake, which is kind of fun. Yeah, and without the voice synthesizer, uh, we would never have Do You Feel Like I Do, the song. Oh, the, all those kind of auto-tuned... No, it's not auto-tuned. This is way before auto-tuned. This is 70s. Oh, okay. And it's not really... <clears throat> it's actually a, a voice box, but... Oh, the the Peter Frampton... It's Peter Frampton. That I couldn't remember his auto-manipulating, like... Yeah. The it's, tube in it's the a, mouth. It's a tube in the mouth yeah. that runs into the guitar, uh, through the guitar amp, and then you... Uh, you go, yeah, exactly. to make it sound like you're talking through your guitar. Yeah, con- you, you use a convolution of the two of your guitar and, and your vowel sounds. Yep. You get that stupid song. <laughs> it was cool at the time. Don't get me wrong. But that is Wolfgang von Kemp... Uh, what is it? Uh, Kemplin. Kempelin. Kempelola. Parallelogram. Born on the 23rd. <laughs> but, so it, we I go guess. from... So we go from a guy who did some really cool inventions, but kind of had a fraudulent invention, to... A web of trust call to action. Call to action or or submission. This one's actually by Donna, who could not be here this week. Hi, Donna. And um, rather than let her take the glory for, uh, for finding this, uh, I thought I would do it. It has to do, it's called, and I'm sure this is all above board, Healing... CancerNaturally.com Okay. 
So, so it isn't pretending even to be scientific like uh, Bernus. Uh, what's the guy in Brzezinski? Brzezinski. Oh no, no, guy. it it is. Oh, uh, it does. It does have a, a page. Uh, kind of a, about what are we talking about? And it says, oh, there's lots of quacks out there. Well, yes, there definitely is. Not us. But we're going to tell you um, how to find it. And Healing Cancer Naturally actually does have a section on, you know, who are the quacks. And they have a, a thing called the Hoxie Legend. And um, it's a guy who had cancer and did, did his healthy, ate healthy, and then became better. And then... <clears throat> They go through and they disparage the FDA and the American Cancer Society and the drug industry by saying that, you know, it's all about money. Basically. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, and they go through also and say, oh, but but, but ours is, is science. You know, we aren't the quacks. <laughs> we're, we're the science. So it's politics, cancer of politics or politics of cancer, uh, suppressed alternative therapies. And they go through and they, and they do list chelation as one of the things that you could possibly do, right. uh, detoxification. And they, they fall into the naturalistic fallacy as well, saying that the, the body will heal itself. All you have to do is give it time and the ability by removing all of the toxins from your body. Right. There's a whole lot of talk of toxins, a lot of talk of, oh, the poisoned food and our pesticides and artificial hormones. Yes. Yes, there are bad things in our soil, and our water supply needs to be filtered out, and that's why it is. But Ah, but we have fluoride. But they also mention things like cell phones. Yeah. Computers, TVs, microwaves, which have not been proven to right. cause cancer. Not yet. That's and true. probably won't be proven to... Someone could come by tomorrow with an actual full-on replicable study with blind controls and all that and, and prove to us, yes, microwaves give you cancer. Then we'd have to all cook our food the slow way again. But, yeah. okay, sh show that to me. Well, prove it to me. Well, no, wait. <clears throat> microwaves will cause harm. That's why there's like a Faraday cage around it and... Uh, you should be checking for microwave leaks from your microwave because there can be um, problems with the microwave that are causing microwaves to leak out. So that is actually a concern. Right. Or if you have a pacemaker. Yeah, exactly. So, th But those are real proved problems. Yeah. Not it's not just this generic, problems. oh, it's, it's microwave, it's EM radiation. Modern technology is giving you cancer. Right. Because just apparently... So 300 years ago in the time of Wolfgang von what's-his-name, whose birthday it is today, there was no cancer whatsoever because that's before industry really got started. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although hygiene was thing was a problem. Um, but it was all natural. <laughs> it was all natural. So, yeah, so, so they do that, uh, the, whole, the whole natural thing, and let you... But, of course, they, they ignore the problem that the whole thing about cancer is... Basically, the body, but the body, fucking up, accidentally mutates a yeah. few cells. Yeah, and then it, it compounds and tries to kill it, or thinks it's a good thing and and just grows it. So it's a it's a quack site. Yes. Um, go to, rate it as you will. Uh, I I know what mine is going to be. It's going to be red. Yes, because the information on there. Uh, as far as some of the nutrition, they may have some valid nutritional, but it won't 
cure cancer. It's just, probably. you know, general balanced nutrition is good for you, period. Yeah. And it may help if you are sick to have a better, more balanced nutrition. That's right. But and, and there, it's not going to get rid of cancer. The old joke that George Carlin did that the way to get rid of cancer was to get yourself a bowl of broccoli. And that the bowl of cauliflower was from the cancers you can see from across the street. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But we, we do know that there some people have food allergies. We know that if you do have certain uh, conditions or genetic predisposition or, or so, some diseases, that some foods will aggravate a condition. Okay, but you, you kind of need a science backing for that. Right. It doesn't doesn't help you to the the healing cancer naturally. People are probably the same kind of people who think that just because people have actually learned about celiac disease nowadays, that means that all wheat is bad for everybody. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. So so please give them a rating. With that's the, healingcancernaturally.com. Yep. The internet plugin web of trust that you go to mywot.com or .org. One of those. You install a browser plugin and then you can rate any website and also see the ratings for all the websites you go to. Yeah. And if you go to a red website like Healing Cancer Naturally is right now, it's mm-hmm. rated red. Yep. You'll get a pop-up window saying, "Are you sure you want to really want to go to this website because it's been rated negatively?" Yeah. Which which does help for, you know, torrent sites and and other uh sites that ha- have questionable ethics. <laughs> there there are some sometimes when I'm trying to research stories for the podcast or just reading around news, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go through and I'll look at a news story and say, well, what do the major news sources like New York Times or um, L.A. Times or, or, the, or ABC, NBC or CNN, what do they have to say about it? If there's another website out there that has a red circle by it and this news story, I know to take that one with a grain of salt. So it can help and also help you avoid dangerous websites for health information, but also some of these websites are rated that way, like you said, because of the torrent websites, just download spam onto your computer. Yeah, they could be dangerous viruses, or um, it's also for people who won't, um, if you buy something off their website and they don't uh, send you the proper stuff or never send it or whatever. Or spam the hell out of you once they get your email address. Yeah. So there you go. So uh, moving on. We have some some local local news. Local as in Texas. As in Texas. As in Texas Freedom Network, one of my favorite sites to go to for information about church-state separation and the encroachment of religion into schools and other uh, sort of public places. What do you got, Harpo? I have a whiny dog who wants attention. So... Texas Freedom Network. Greg, why don't you why don't you start this one off? All right. So back in 0506, um, the Texas Freedom Network did an assessment of all the schools in Texas. There were about 25 of them that were offering a Bible course in that Bible's literature or Bible um, comparative studies or, or something like that. Usually history it was, of the Bible, Bible's yeah. influence on society and literature. And Usually history. it was either history or an English class, mm-hmm. some or some combination of those two. Um, the TFN, along with, let me get this right, uh, Professor Dr. Mark A. Chansey, 
who uh, works at the Southern Methodist University, I think up in Dallas, and is a professor of religious studies. Um, they did a study where they looked at all the courses and saw what they were offering in ways of books, materials, and you know their course syllabi, what they were covering, and showed just how egregious it was that a lot of most of these courses were full-on proselytizing or showing incorrect information and all that kind of stuff. Right now, but this was after a a tooth. This was before. Oh, okay. So in a five oh six, they towards the end of oh six, they studied the oh five oh six school year, hmm. and then due to that information, the Texas legislature passed House Bill twelve eighty seven in two thousand seven, which mandated that. Um, well, encouraged public schools to teach about the influence of the Bible, but also said that they had to essentially follow a constitutionally valid way of making it just comparative literature or influence on society, not a religion course. Right. In this is what you should believe if you're a Christian. Exactly. So they, they mandated that you had to... If you were going to teach in that, you had to go to a, a training course in, of some way to be trained in how to teach these kind of things. Um, but one, they didn't fund that. So it was an unfunded mandate. And also they told the State Board of Education that they had to write up vigorous guidelines to make sure that any Bible course was constitutional. When was this, 2007, State Board of Education? Yes. Huh. And they said, you know what? Go fuck yourself. We're not going to. They they really wrote up. They wrote up something, but it was they just copied all the other um, guidelines from any other extracurricular. Well, not extracurricular activities, but um, optional elective elective courses that were based on English or history, hmm. not taking into account the specific problems you get when you're trying to teach bible or religion in a comparative sort way or a his not his well historical way in that it's influence on history yeah and it has it has a great yeah. influence on literature and music and the whole thing a but. good like 70 percent of the quotes that anybody ever says are either from the bible or shakespeare sure so it's, or winston churchill <laughs> <laughs> or misattributed to abraham lincoln <laughs> right Never trust anything you read on the internet, so said Abraham Lincoln. Oh, really? He said that? Oh. Yeah. It was not Mark Twain. No, I guess not. <laughs> so fast forward to 2012 slash 2013, and um, they the Texas Freedom Network got together again with uh, Professor Chansey and said, well, let's look at these courses again now that they've had a few years to actually do do it. And they found that... Of the 25 that were originally teaching courses in 0506, a lot of them just, those courses went away, either through attrition or they realized it was constitutional, I don't know. All they said in the report that you can go to tfn.org or tfninsider.org and find the full text of this report, but essentially they said a lot of those original courses went away. And now there are about 57 school districts that offer a comparative religion course or Bible history course and a few charter schools as well. But we're going to ignore those because exactly. those are charter schools. 
Exactly. We don't care about them because they're not publicly funded. Uh, well, they, they are yeah. kind of. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a gray area, and we'll, we're a, not going to talk about a, vouchers this week. That's right. We want to talk about the big hoax <laughs> of the charter school. But, so um, on the TFN website, you can find a full-on, what is it, 70, 80-page report? I think total it goes to 90. Okay. A full 90-page, but that's with appendices. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the, the full one is only about 60 pages. Right. There's also and an abridged version, which is about 20 pages, yeah. which is actually a very good read, and it goes quite quickly. Lots of plot. Yes, exactly. But also, the Texas Freedom Network has been launching a few articles summarizing the really big points mm-hmm. that came up in this report, and that's what we're going to kind of debate about or whatever as as we continue the rest of this topic. Exactly. So I don't know if we're going to debate them, but we're definitely going to talk about them. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> dis- I disagree. Discuss them. <laughs> Harpo is going to debate with us every no. time she wants to come over for attention. Right. So... The the 2007 law basically said that they can teach about the Bible and its uh, influence on history. Either it could be either integrated in a history or English literature class, or it could be its own separate full class for a full credit. Um, and as I said, it's it was supposed to be a secular look at the Bible. It was supposed to be historical literature type of look and not teaching the Bible. You know, things like, you know, how translations have changed over time, influences on, you could do it in English class, influences on other writings, other right. authors, and how they there's took a, there's allegories, a lot. There's all a lot the kind of stuff that, that do. does not require, that is perfectly valid constitutionally and even from an atheist point of view yeah. to say, yeah. These stories influence a lot of people and a lot of of history and culture. And it helps helps to know the stories. Yes, I think it's to know what's there. Um, turns out, though, as you said, it's not funded. So a lot of the people who are teaching this, uh, if they're regular teachers at the school, they don't have the training or the background to do it. And unless maybe they go to school, go to church, and so they just teach from that. A few of these went to actual training courses here or there, but, but you a would, vast majority did not. But the school district would have had to send them as a yeah. continuing education. Um, the other thing that they have is they have uh, local ministers or retired ministers come in to teach. Oh, that's never going to end well. <laughs> it could, depending on the minister. Right. However, it's Texas. <laughs> it's Texas, and one of the things that they discovered is a lot of the the how they're teaching this is basically overall a majority were from a conservative Protestant point of view, which means um, again reading from the report that they're teaching that uh, people are going to be raptured, teaching about the end times. Um, that uh, Judaism was just a precursor to Christianity, and right. that it's been perfected by Christianity. Yeah. So it and and they they don't even talk about the passages in the Bible that were shown that were used to um to explain anti-Semitic points of view, where that would be an actually good liter, liter, literary or historical analysis to say. Christians 500 years ago and 50 years ago used this passage here to 
to explain why they were anti-Jewish, and right. that led to things like Holocaust and, and Inquisition. Or, or and in this, blah, blah, blah. And this one is the one that's you know is suppressed women, and this one is the one that that a lot of the people in the South used for slavery. The whole thing. Oh yeah, especially the the um, a lot of historical stuff there. Yeah, a, a, a historical stuff that is wrong, but they're treating as fact, right. like the idea that the entire world's racial diversity comes from, was it Noah's sons? It has, well, it has to be from Noah's sons. Okay. Because yeah. that's, I, I that's the bottleneck. Yeah, I couldn't remember if if it the original idea was, was Adam and Eve's sons, but I guess that's Cain and Abel, and they just... That's Cain and Abel, and yeah, and, and then you have the mark of Seth, I think, and I right. think that's... That's that's There's a Noah diagram on which one is, of their yeah. Oh, it's been about diagrams. <laughs> one of the things that made me laugh is one of their teaching aids was a Venn diagram showing the pros and cons of theories that posit the rapture uh, before Jesus's return <laughs> and his one thousand year reign. I'd love to see this Venn diagram. So. It, it, it talking about well Jesus is going to return so it's it's treating it as fact instead of this is what a lot of Christians believe but not all right. they could couch it that way but apparently they don't and they 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 say these are the ways to avoid getting or to get raptured because well, guess, being a good Christian versus I I don't know that they didn't actually explain the Venn right. diagram and I I didn't see a picture of it I, when in my scan through but really the point being that it's coming from this point of view of the conservative evangelical Christian yeah, very very much, very much so, so of it, it the rapture will happen it's very literal the Bible is inerrant and yeah. this is how to be a good Christian and especially when there were a lot of you know they would use textbooks that were not that were just brought in by some evangelical organization mm-hmm. that would say some really, really full-on Christian stuff. Uh, let me find. Well, sure. And while you're looking that up, I mean, the Dayton Independent School District would show the Left Behind series. Yeah, or the Hanna Barbera Bible cartoons. Oh, well, they, they, they they use those. Yeah, there was a different one. Which, which are, yeah. Uh, but but what I love that is you know it it makes sense that's evangelical because Kirk Cameron I think is, <laughs> is behind the Left Behind series. Yes. So um, I I don't know if you mentioned this one or not, but the Dayton ISD used a book whose preface said, "May this study be of value to you. May you fully come to believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, may have um, and may you have life in His name." So very full on. This is to make you a better Christian. This is this is good for you. There was another one. There was another book that was used by a couple of other districts called Haley's Bible Handbook, which is not to do with the comment. And it says, whether you have never read the Bible before or have read it many times, you'll find insights here that you can give you a firm grasp of God's word. You will see how its different themes fit together in a remarkable way. And you will see the heart of God and the person of Jesus Christ revealed from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> so it's full on. This is this is religion. This is how you should believe it because it is the exact right word of God. Right. And okay, granted that most of these courses are eleventh and twelfth graders who probably already have their theology set by then because they've gotten trained in it, whether they're Jewish or atheist or probably Christian. There's no questioning it. There's no talking about the fact that the 
Gospels of the Bible were not probably not written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, just attributed to them. And you, yeah. I remember taking a, a religion course in college where they talked about, I think it's like the Q author, the P mm-hmm. author, or whatever, these different letters they, they would use to represent who they thought wrote the, different the writing, sections. The writing style. And, and comparing, yeah. saying, you can see how this section was lifted whole cloth from Matt or something right. to use in John. Mm-hmm. And that these additional details were added here. And there's no talk in these courses, it seems, of the analysis that has been done to say, well, it looks like because it was this section was added to John here, that tells us it was probably written around this time when the political motivations of the Christians was to say, we need to separate ourselves from Jews. So this section is just seems to mismatch everything else, but it's right. goal None of that is, is to being do taught. That. Exactly. I mean, you're going way into more detail than anybody is getting because what they're doing that's is interesting and kids should learn that. Right. <laughs> but that's not what these, most of these schools are getting. <clears throat> What they're getting is, this is the Bible, you're going to memorize some verses, and we're going to teach you our version of the Bible. Because yeah. obviously you're not getting that every Sunday if you're, <laughs> going to, if you're going to church. Yeah. Which is what I really don't understand about this, is why you would, why any, anybody would want religion taught in school. Like, religion. Or, why anyone would want, um... The history of religion, not just one religion, but in all religions, comparative mythology, for example. Why you would want that in school if you are so scared about kids leaving the church. Yeah. So you've got what we were talking about just now of just pushing the religion that this is the inerrant word of God and you should believe this and this is how you be a good Christian and left behind and all that. But there's also a lot of just bad science brought into it as well. Yeah. A lot of creationism. Yeah. Well, the the Noah thing, and then Adam and Eve, and then the, the exact six days, six eras, whatever the hell. Yeah, the the one one course's method of saying, well, we're going to be comparative and and teach the controversy for all intents and purposes, <laughs> is to say, all right, these are the different theories of creation. You've got the literal 24, seven days of creation. You've got the each day is an age, mm-hmm. which is each day is like a billion years or something like that. Or that each day of creation took one day, but then God took a long break in between each day, in okay. quotes, or that God, God created the earth in its mature form with man, with Adam as a man, and it's not like things evolved or anything. No talk at all of Big Bang or evolution or actual scientific theory. Right. As opposed to quote-unquote theories of creation, which are ideas of creation and not scientific theories. Yes, they're, they're faith-based theories, uh, theories based on <clears throat> old people pulling shit out with their butt. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that's some religion's theory somewhere. That, oh, it is, sure. That the, the, I mean, some of them are like the, the turtle vomited up the universe or something like that. Sure, the great green arcal seizure. <laughs> but... All is not bad in Texas. There are... So I guess we're going to get to talking about how these classes treat the Jews later on, but we'll talk about the good. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't want to go you know, full depth of, of the, the horrible stuff. Um, there are a lot of courses that don't like Jews. That's yeah. all we'll do. Read the full report. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And what's what's kind of cool is they, they they have a list of, of of a lot of the school districts that are get, hand, doing these courses or have done these courses in the past. Right. And they said, well, some of these school districts are doing a good job of it. They're actually doing it as literature or from a secular point of view. They're not teaching religion per se. They're teaching about the Bible. Right. Some of them are actually doing the comparative religion in not why are Jews imperfect and why aren't they good Christians, but more in what ways are Jews and Christians different? What, yeah. you know, what's the difference in their Sabbaths? What's the difference in their holidays or something like that? Or there's also one I want to get into. Basically, some of them just don't push a specific sectarian view of one view of religion. They used, um, Bible, the Bible and its influenced, which is a pretty good textbook, or the Bible as in literature, which is another good textbook, with which the um, has been recommended as good textbooks to follow. It's got a full rigorous course selection, sample tests, and all that to ensure that teachers don't go go beyond the constitutional line. Yeah, and that's what should be. <laughs> that they should be following. But what's, what I find interesting about the list of the schools is two of them, despite the fact that we, my district re-elected uh, McElroy, <laughs> or whoever the hell it was. I, I, no, I think McElroy's out. Whatever. Re-elected a young earth creationist. Excuse me, I have a, I have a, a, a mental, mental lift in my mouth. Um, two school districts of the about 10 are in San Antonio of being good about right. that. So Although, about there are about 60 schools who are doing Bible courses. Yeah. About 10 were rated pretty good, pretty good. Or, or, or just plain good. Yeah. And two of those 10 are right here in San Antonio. Yeah. Although I, I will say that one of them, the, the East Central Independent School District, is also the one that does that Venn diagram with the pros and cons of the rapture theories. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> but the the main point is with these 60 courses, only 10 of them got rated good. Yeah. And a good 20 to 30 are either full-on bad and pushing religion or borderline problematic. Right. And that's more than it really should be. Yeah, you really true. need school districts and school boards to say, hey, we got to be neutral on this. We well, gotta really, be good they about just this. shouldn't. They really shouldn't be teaching anything about the Bible in the school. It's I, that, not necessary. It, it is completely unnecessary, and it, I mean, it should be. It should be. <laughs> should teach it at a time when the kids can actually feel free to think for themselves, like in college, junior right. college. But high school is supposed to give you the basics, skills that you need for life, for either a lifelong learning or, or a lifelong uh, doing a job or whatever. Like you're, you're supposed to come out of high school with a basic knowledge of life in general. Now, devil's advocates will argue that what we we're talking about earlier, that all these quotes come from the Bible. There's a lot of stories that everybody knows that are part of our cultural vernacular mm-hmm. that come from the Bible. So it's a good idea to teach these kind of things, but it's not really, there's, it's really hard not to screw it up. Or, yeah. Yes, that's what I, I got my double negative correct there. <laughs> um, in that you have to really work carefully to make sure that you're teaching the Bible in a neutral, 
just literary, well, not literal, I, I but literary. I don't, way. I don't even yeah. think that it's it's that hard. I think for in, it, the, in it, the real it, world, it's hard. <laughs> in, in, for, yes, it depends on what, what your background is and what your approach is. Um, obviously, because if you believe that the Bible is real and you're teaching about the Bible, you're going to say it's real. Or you have some of these teachers who are just forced into teaching it. Yeah. Where they didn't want to, and they don't know anything about the Bible, so you get some school Those board probably person. probably be the best ones. Well, no, you get some school board person who says, well, I want to teach from this literal book, and that's all they know. Right. And they don't want to ruffle any feathers, and it's always the conservative Christians who complain, you got to teach the Bible like I want you to. Right. And yeah. the squeaky wheel gets removed. <clears throat> oh, and in this case, the grease, because we're in Texas. <laughs> squeaky pig gets the grease. <laughs> Squeeze like a pig. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so did you want to uh, talk about how the Jews were treated in some of these? Uh, no. Or you just want to talk about it's yeah. It, no, I just want to mention. That's, we're not even going to talk about the, the Muslims. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the the report, at least as I I, I ran, I, I read most of the abridged version of the report, hmm. and it doesn't really talk about how Muslims are treated, which I was actually surprised at that there wasn't an anti-Muslim bias. I know there's a pro-Christian evangelical bias, but I was surprised there wasn't, in this day and age, a very anti-Muslim. There's there's basically some... Or at least none that was listed in the yeah. part of the report. That Most of the report said that if if it wasn't always intentional anti-Semitism, mm. but some of it was just repeating old tropes that can be really interpreted and taken as anti-Semitic. Yeah. So... It's it's not like there's a bunch of neo-Nazis out there writing these course curricula, but it's more just mistakes were made by unaged, untrained teachers and unskeptical thought of religion and the Bible. Yeah. And, and one of the problems with taking a literal teaching from a literal is you have to not like the Jews. <clears throat> I mean, basically because the Jews gave up Jesus to Pontius Pilate, who then died, which ironically is what makes Christianity. So without the Jews giving up <laughs> Jesus to Pontius Pilate, you would not actually have Christianity. Well, there's a lot of talk that the Jews were supposed to do that, but then accept Jesus as their savior. Oh. And because they well, haven't accepted him <laughs> as their savior, that's when the trust was broken. Ah. Yeah. So it's, it, and yes. yet they probably, you know, you'd think that God would have made that a little bit more clear. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that's not actually in the Bible as no. a literal way to say this is why Jews are bad. But those kind of cultural interpretations that have come down through the years right. that have that seep into these courses when you have teachers who are not trained on this is how you have to talk about it so you don't cause us legal problems. I'm, I'm hoping that the exposure from the Texas Freedom Network and this report, which has gotten some press, which is good, um, can help improve the situation. Because I don't have a, a, a problem against teaching Bible as li um, literature in a, a conceptual way. But in the real world, when you let anybody teach it who can who just can bring in their own personal opinions... And you've got enough personal opinions on just general historical courses about maybe some, some well, so person who's have... conservative who doesn't want to talk about Jefferson. Right, but you're also going to have a, you know 24 different views of the Bible. No one yeah. has the exact same view on 
on anything in the Bible. And that's that's the biggest problem that everybody's going to bring in their own yeah. preconceptions and views. And that's why if you're going to be religious, just do your Bible study at night with your kids. Yeah. So they just need to they just need to you know just wrap this up in a nice you know latex container and flush it down the toilet. Speaking about wrapping things up in a nice latex container, <laughs> which you shouldn't flush down the toilet because it'll clog up the system. Wow, transition. <laughs> nice one though, huh? It's sexy. I should probably say that in my sexy sexy voice. Um, there was a study recently. Speaking as your friend, I don't think you have a sexy voice. I appreciate that. I have been told otherwise by different people. <laughs> your opinion, your opinion on this matter, doesn't count. Dear listener, tell us what you think on the Facebook page. After you wish Donna get well better soon, and me tell, a happy birthday. Tell, oh yeah, Carrie's got a birthday in a couple days. Then express your opinion on wishing him a happy birthday on whether or not he has a sexy voice or not. Obviously not the entire podcast, just right now, because <clears throat> as I'm going through, my, my voice is going back to my normal, but I really can't sustain. I've heard that about you. No, bugger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, published today, January 23rd, the <laughs> Journal <laughs> of Sexual Medicine. That just means you're not going to be able to cut that section out, you asshole. <laughs> published today, January 23rd... <clears throat> The Journal of Sexual Medicine found that in a nationally representative sample of men and women aged 18 to 59, ratings of sex were high, with few differences based on condom or lubricant use. So in other words, using condoms ain't that bad. I agree. There's really, there's really not much <laughs> more to say on this. There's not a lot of detail in the article about what a nationally representative sample was, but nationally representative assumes that they talk to maybe a couple thousand people, at least hundreds, I would would hope. Because sometimes these studies have a very small sample, so it's like, well, how can you really tell? It's statistically significant within the sample size. Right. But it sounds like this is a nice big sample, but I assumed it was a survey. Mm-hmm. which can be problematic. Except, so you might get people saying, yeah, sure, condoms are fine with the social pressure of thinking I should like condoms because it keeps people safe. Yeah, but I, I still know a lot of guys who refuse to wear condoms because they don't think it feels right. I've actually met a couple of women who don't like condoms either. Because well, it, it, well, I guess that goes on to another point later in the article where they're saying that a lot of people kind of... Uh, women especially, seem to be afraid to say, hey, let's involve lube in here somewhere, Mm -hmm. but that it helps a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you're, especially if you're still using a condom, one thing that people suggest is you, you, uh, you unroll the condom and then you drop, put a couple drops of lubrication inside for the guy. And that helps his feeling out a lot more, a lot better. You put lubrication inside the condom. I didn't read that one. No, no, it's not in the article. It's just having listened to sex advice podcasts and also having read stuff that that's a suggestion to make um, a condom especially more pleasurable for the guy, but also involve Hmm. uh, lubricant for the woman as well to keep everything flowing there, even if it's not like a, a woman who's gone through menopause who has vaginal dryness or anything like that. It still can be very useful to 
at least get things going. Right. And let the body's natural wetness um, go through. But If that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean... If it, it doesn't happen and you still want sex, lube is probably the best way to do it. That way you don't get yeah. the tearing and the hurting and the... I don't like so if this. So if you suck at foreplay, at least you involve <laughs> lube. Ha. Suck at foreplay, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but they were really talking about latex condoms in here. And what I... What, I'm surprised that they didn't talk about just condoms in general, because I actually uh, dated a person who was allergic to latex. Didn't ask her how she found out about that, but I imagine it probably wasn't particularly uh, fun. Well, you could also have found out by going to the doctor's office and they use a latex glove to prevent themselves from giving you a cold. Uh, that's a good point. And you get a rash. It's like every time this happens. <laughs> that would be the good way to find out. <laughs> By the way, I just scanned a little further in the article, and it did say there was nearly 6,000 Americans involved in the surveys. Mm-hmm. So that's not bad. Not too bad. <laughs> Again. But they're saying it's statistically uh, representative, so it's kind of like poll, poll dating, and we know how well the poll dating did. Poll <laughs> polling data did for this last election cycle. So might 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 be might be working. Um so yeah, uh condoms good and apparently you just have to get over your own mental bullshit. Yeah, it's a lot of it is a uh, psychosomatic kind of well, I've got this thing in between me and her or him and me or whatever it is now, involved. There there is a there is a uh, Difference in feel. Definite psychological difference, yes. No, no, not not just psychological, but there there is a different feel. Yes, it feels different. Yeah. Yeah. Just like oral feels different from vaginal, and vaginal feels different from anal. It's all different. Yeah. But But it's it's not bad. Yes. (laughs) It's not bad. And if you, especially with things like anal, but also um, vaginal and, and otherwise, if you involve lubrication that is really suited to the purpose... It can make it a very pleasurable experience. And if you have a problem with feeling like there's too much between the two partners, male, male, female, male, whatever is involved, there's also the slightly, there's the thinner condoms that are supposed to be more sensitive, there's, but still provide a there safe There are barrier. tons. Don't be embarrassed to go out and get the, the pleasure pack. <laughs> Figure it out. And, and that can be ones that smell like bananas, and then you get ones that, you know, are ribbed, and then ones that are thin, and you can go, I like this one best. Right, and and that can be a fun bonding activity between a couple in thinking, let's... That's bonding, let's, not bondaging. Correct. Of, <laughs> let's, let's, we've got this pack of 30 condoms, let's, once a day, we'll go through it in a full month and, and, and figure it out, figure and we'll out take which notes. we like. We'll take notes later. Something like that. Yeah, not during, that's tend to be this. We'll take notes with edible paint. Sure, on the body. On each other, yeah. yeah. Um, now, when we're talking about lubrication, we're not talking like motor oil, like 10W30 or anything like that, because that's when it's oil-based and that's going to hurt the condom. Uh, probably don't want to use olive oil or, you know, a PAM, you know, nonstick. Right. That's probably bad. Nor WD-40. WD-40, because if, if, you're, if you're worried about lubrication, the WD and WD-40 stands for water displacement. Which means you're going to dry up super fast. <laughs> that's that's not good. That is not good. Well, you also have to be careful with <laughs> the lubrication you use between water and silicone-based. Right. Uh, there's also oil-based 
I think. But there there, there are, but are, generally you don't want to yeah. use that with, with like a latex condom. Right. And, and you, it's mainly with toy use. Don't use a silicone based lube with a silicone based toy <laughs> because the silicone and silicone interact and causes your toy to melt. Yeah. So, so the stuff, the stuff that you, that you put on your chain for your bike probably no, don't need to use no, it. No, not a good idea. So don't be embarrassed. Go down to your local sex shop or go to, I think they Certain do, websites. I think that, they also sell it at CVS. Probably. Yeah. Well, they they sell the basic ones, the KY, yeah, but, but the you'll get you'll Astro get better Glide. stuff. Yeah, you yeah. get some better stuff at the well, sex the, shops. Well, yeah, there's a lot that's more specifically made, especially if you're doing non-vanilla penis and vagina sex. There's other lubes meant for other places, things yes. like armpits, toes, probably nasal passages, but. Uh, <laughs> There's different scents, there's different combinations, there's different thicknesses for whatever you need because one of the Just like mortar oil, there is a lube for your need. Exactly. <laughs> so that's part of the thing which I think people have a psychological block about with condoms and um, lubrication in that they go out and just buy the water-based Astroglide and that's all they ever use, yeah. which is a perfectly good lubrication, but may not be good for all purposes. Yeah. And if you try something non-vanilla and are using your really basic lubrication, maybe you are not going to have a good time because you're not using the correct tool for the job. Yeah. Although vanilla is vanilla's pretty cool, but you know, <clears throat> like one that smells like cinnamon or patchouli or oh, yeah, I hate I patchouli. Anyway, <laughs> well, I I, 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 I just, I'm just throwing out scents. I, yes. I was like, I, is it more <clears throat> that um, just varieties in in how they're put together? Because sometimes you might react. You still want a water-based one like Astroglide, but you want a slightly different formulation because for whatever reason, Astroglide bothers you. Right. So you have to try it out and experiment, and don't be afraid to tell your partner. When you go over to their house and they've got lubrication brand X to say, you know what? I think we need to try something different because I want to enjoy this with you. Let's try something different and have fun with it. And that can be a interpersonal kind of relationship building activity as well as you find more about yourself. Yeah. And by having fun with it, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, making little sock puppets out of the condoms or anything. It can. That can be too. That can, I mean, the whole, the, the. But the, from personal experience, it kind of freaks them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole thing about, you know, make condom use fun for the guy. It, if, if you're giving a guy a blowjob, put the condom on with your mouth. Mm. I've heard that that is apparently, I, I've, no one's ever done that act you know, to it, me, yeah. but I've heard that can make it interesting in that it's playful. It's different. It, it could be. Yeah. Just, you know, uh, you don't – just make sure it doesn't have spermicide on it. That makes a – Well, the whole Lonoxyl 9 thing has pretty much gone by the wayside because that's an irritant. It's actually a detergent, so – Oh, so you could do your dishes at the same time. I, kind of. <laughs> You'd need a whole lot of condoms, but <laughs> – it's 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 like a detergent in that it's it and it, it would ir- irritate mucus membrane type yeah, that's, areas. Yeah, that's a bad thing because then you need. So most lubrication is just 30. plain old lubrication nowadays. Huh. But yes, so <laughs> no, yeah. If you're going to use a condom for oral sex, make sure it's just a plain lubricated or maybe unlubricated if you can deal with that. Yeah. To yeah, there's only that one way purpose. to find out. But maybe ask your friend. Yeah, maybe you want a different <laughs> condom for anal as you want for vaginal. Because 
different cushioning or whatever. I don't know. It, I, yeah. I don't know anything about that. But uh, the important thing is something. to use condoms because they will keep you safe. But also, you know, condoms and lubrication when used together can still feel good and can be good for you and your partner in building a relationship or partners. Sorry to, I know we've been talking this entire conversation as, you know, monogamous couple sex, but, you know, whatever, especially whatever, for people wh- who are polyamorous. Floats, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, people who are polyamorous really should use condoms a lot more than maybe a fluid bonded couple that's been together for 10 years. Right. Exactly. Well, all right. Um, and that was our primate sexy time for this week. Yes. Yes, it was. Brought to you by nobody because we're not sponsored by anybody. No. But you can probably find my, find some of the stuff on adamandeve.com. I wasn't going to go there. Oh, well. Yeah, and we keep <laughs> on calling it Adam and Eve. It's just Adam Eve. Well, the website is adameve.com, but their company is Adam, Adam and Eve. So probably someone swiped up that web address way back when. And... Yeah, and I imagine it's a Christian place. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably like that whitehouse.com versus whitehouse.gov thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, well, there was some... <clears throat> excuse me. Well, <laughs> I guess I just can't... I can't hit high notes. And no, I'm not going to clamp anything on my testicles. Thank you very much. Which you can get at animative.com. You, yes, Or yes. extremerestraints.com. Okay. Um so we mentioned Dr. Brzezinski earlier on the podcast, and he runs a so-called cancer curing clinic in Houston, where he has things called neoplastic cons or neoplast anti-neoplastons, which are based on people's urine or yeah, crystals. Yeah, yeah, and that's supposed to clear up the body. Anyway, it's, it's not a proven. miracle cure. Yeah, and he charges them thirty thousand plus to to do uh, so-called trials, which is kind of against all of the rules. Um, and it doesn't apparently work, and he doesn't do anything for peer review. Apparently, there's not enough time to write up something for peer review. Well, yeah, he gets around the regulations by saying that he's just in trials. He's just doing trials, right. Stage two trials. Yeah. So there was a group called the Skeptics for the Protection of Cancer Patients that did a fundraiser, and on the birthday of a former patient of Dr. Brzezinski, which happens to be today, they donated $13,000 to the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Dr. Brzezinski's name. Well, they did the press release, and they asked Dr. Brzezinski if he might want to use some of his large proceeds he's making to double the... To match the funds. Match the funds. Thank you. Has he responded? No news yet on whether he has done anything about it. Probably not. I, I think the fundraising either ended yesterday or today. It, it so. ended yesterday, and they donated it today. Okay, that was that was the whole point. So they they, yeah, they gave thirteen thousand dollars, <throat> which they're calling the most money that has ever been given by Dr. Brzezinski to actual cancer research, or at least in his name. In his name. So, um, kudos. Kudos to the uh, skeptics for the protection of cancer patients. Uh, there are a lot of skeptic organizations around the country I, that donated money, Atlanta skeptics, uh, Denver skeptics, and some individual donors. And so uh, I think there was a big I, I, team it, based on the skeptics who probably yeah. advertised this a lot. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't hear about this until, well, 
yesterday. This week. <laughs> so, uh, it is un- it, it is unfortunate that um, they wanted to raise that thirty thousand dollar mark. Right, they wanted to raise as much as Doctor Brzezinski's charges to so that for one patient, it's yeah. just one patient's charge. It, it reminds me of the various WhiteHouse.gov petitions that mm. either atheist or skeptical groups have been trying to get in there to either talk about kind of spitting in the wind things like taking in God we trust off the money or not having a national day of prayer or stuff like that, but also more serious things like um, let's look into proselytization in the military and stuff like that. The skeptical and atheist communities, for some reason, just have not been able to meet those goals. Mm. And that's even back when the petitions had to raise 25,000 signatures. And now because of the Death Star petition, it's been up to 100,000 signatures. <laughs> we we need to get better about this as a movement. Yeah, but at the same time, White House petitions. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm talking about anyway. this symptomatically in that we couldn't reach this $30,000 goal. We couldn't right. get those, even those simple petitions that it takes two seconds to deal with. We we, and it would at least bring visibility to some of these issues, even though it may not get an actual full response. Right. It's it's just kind of, come on, guys, we can do better. And gals. Right. People. And in between. People. Yes. Folks. <laughs> okay. Yes. All you folks out there in podcast land. I agree. <laughs> so... I just I I just like it when when something good comes of, of when we're not just railing against something but we're actually right. promoting or <clears throat> or saying yay so things yay, like this this childhood cancer fundraising the foundation beyond belief hmm. the hug me I'm vaccinated campaign to do good with skepticism not just being naysayers <laughs> right. not just being no that's not a UFO it's a bug <laughs> on the light and not looking like dick dicky skeptics and yeah. cynics. Yeah, not, not being the cynics, that's the important yeah. thing. Skepticism does not mean cynicism. Remember that, people. Skepticism doesn't mean cynicism. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Gary, like you're not that's gonna, Like, that's going <laughs> to catch on. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not. I can tell. It's just not. <laughs> you're such a happy person, Gary. Whatever happened to you? It got removed in prison. I don't know what that means. Here. <laughs> uh, it's it's from uh, from a uh, movie. Okay, I thought it was, I thought you were going to go on some screed about your graduate school studies <clears> and how no. it's melting your brain. No, not yet. Actually, this semester not too bad. It's only just begun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm only a couple of days into it. It's good. Uh, so, yay, yay, skepticism. Uh, I think we're not going to do a lightning round because. <clears throat> It's, oh, it would okay. just be you, and it's we haven't me. been posting a lot to our webpage because no. and I'm still you guys have been sick, and I've been busy at work. And I'm still recovering, so we're, we're gonna make this also a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna make this a little bit shorter than we usually do because my voice is actually kind of giving out now. Yeah, it was I, good all day. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for joining us this week. Thank you, Greg, for for hosting once again. Thank you, Gary, for coming by, and yep. we hope Donna gets well soon yep. and can come on by next week. Yes, hopefully next week we'll have all of us. We should. Okay. Take care. Auf Wiedersehen. Tschüss. Bye. Bis später. Bye. What was that about the Jews? Bis später. Tschüss.
Juice means goodbye. Oh, I thought you were asking for juice. I mean, I've got like cranberry juice. But... No, 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 cranberry juice bad. I, it's good for your urinary tract and all that. That's what they stuff. say, which isn't. But um, no, if you have gallons and gallons of yeah. it. <laughs> but it's also actually doesn't the acid in cranberry juice also bad for medication? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Probably, I think it falls under the kind grapefruit, of like grapefruit juice, how it interacts with chemicals. And, yeah. No. No. Okay. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the Podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Okay, so in Houston, um, we mentioned Dr. Bazin. <laughs> Bazinski. Bazinga. Uh, Bazinski. Bazinga. <laughs> Dr. Bazinga. Dr. <laughs> so we mentioned Dr. Brzezinski earlier on the podcast, and he runs a um, so-called cancer curing, cancer curing. God damn, this is your fault. <laughs> I thought okay. you would blame your cold. Uh, we'll blame that. Sure. Mainly, um, I'm assuming that this was probably in about the 1800s. Uh, born join- January 23rd. <laughs> and you'll wonder why I don't cut stuff out. <laughs> It's not that funny when it's every three seconds. So he was born on January 23rd. <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> I think the problem is I'm sitting on the wrong side of the table. <laughs> that's, that's quite, yeah, it's, it's diff- the lighting is difficult over there. But you were saying how nervous you get when it's just me and not Donna. As if you're frightened of me somehow. No, no, it's it, it's this the the same kind of without Annette feeling when it's just Donna and myself. Or Annette, apparently. Who's Annette? Uh, Wallace's wife. Oh, okay. And Gromit? What happened to Gromit? Uh, he's not in this picture. <laughs> oh, okay. Different, different Wallace. Though. Different movie entirely. I gotcha. So, so born <laughs> January twenty third. <laughs> Stop it! You're really just not helping, you son of a bitch. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Any <Anytime>. time. <laughs> Should you fucking just go? I'm trying to collect myself so I don't laugh. Hmm. But the problem is, in order to collect myself, I need to stop and, and think for a second. <laughs> but that's what makes you it's crack a big, up. It's a big pause, yes. Because all I'm thinking of is ways to fuck you up. <laughs> all right, go ahead. <clears throat> Born January 
I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> oh, I give up. That's that's episode ninety four, folks. See you next week for episode ninety five. <laughs>